Welcome to the Zen Ways podcast with our teacher Daizen. So last week uh, we had a, a Zen retreat up in Inverness in the Scottish Highlands, and then right afterwards uh, Mark and I drove up uh, north from Inverness. Uh, it's about a hundred and forty miles from Inverness. Uh, to the north coast and we followed the route that I walked when I came back from Japan almost exactly seven years ago and uh, basically walked the length of the country and uh, for about an hour on the road um, we actually didn't pass a single other person or vehicle it gets very very quiet up in the uh, far north of Scotland and we went all the way up to a place called Cape Ruff on the north tip where there's a, a lighthouse and um, there's a hermit called John who lives out in the old lighthouseman's accommodation and uh, he was living there seven years ago and was very kind to me when I finished my walk this very remote spot and uh, he was very kind to us again when we, we arrived pretty much unannounced last week and uh, even the, uh, the boatman who took us across the last section of the route uh, remarked that John, uh, this hermit who lives probably mm, 30 miles in a good stretch of water away from the nearest next human being, um, is the right man in the right place. And it set me thinking about something that we call in Zen Bodhishin, which comes from the Sanskrit word, the Indian Sanskrit word Bodhicitta. Bodhi means awakening or waking up. And Chitta literally means mind. But I think it's better to think of it as kind of impulse. The impulse, the life impulse, if you like, towards waking up. When we start to meditate, when we start to practice yoga, when we start to do our best to live in a more aware, a more conscious way, then we're moving towards waking up. We're giving rein to this impulse of awakening, this bodhicitta, this bodhaishin. But this impulse is much stronger than our personal will, our personal intention. I often uh, mention the example of grass. A single blade of ordinary lawn grass, apparently, from when it sprouts from the seed and grows up through the darkness, it has to move aside half a ton of soil. That tiny, frail-looking blade of grass is powered by an absolutely incredible force. And actually, so are you. This impulse towards awakening, this very natural spirit or energy of greater aliveness, greater consciousness, is at work in you right now. And when we consciously commit to this, when we actually, as it were, apply our 
conscious mind towards uh, this sometimes unseen force, then extraordinary things can happen. For John, for the hermit who lives far away from everybody else, it's clearly absolutely right for him. So the thing about this bodhishen, this force or uh, spirit or mind of greater awakeness is it doesn't offer guarantees. What I mean by that is when we step into doing our best to approach greater awakeness, we don't know what we're going to find. There's a pattern, a shape that is there for your life, that's absolutely right for you in the way that living out at the lighthouse is absolutely right for John. And your life course is absolutely unique to you. The thing is, we really have a choice. Many of our motivations in life, many of our intentions in life, sometimes can have a flavor of fear about them. Taking the, the soft option, the safe option. And that's fine. We, at all times, we're doing the best we can. But the more that we can step out and, in a sense, surrender to this great energy of awakening, this impulse for awakening, a whole new dimension appears and comes into your life. And you don't know where that's going to go. I don't know where that's going to go. But what I do know, what I've seen over the last... 25 years of doing this sort of thing is as you step into this unknown, as you allow your life to tend towards greater aliveness, greater awakening, greater sensitivity and awareness, then what starts to appear for you are all kinds of opportunities, all kinds of doors opening that you would never have even guessed were there. And the more willing you can be to trust this, the more remarkable your life course can become. Now at all times, we remain ordinary human beings. And it's really important we keep a sense of humor, a sense of our feet on the ground, a sense of making the smart moves in life. You know, there's, there's no sense in uh, putting ourselves in the way of problems. But there's every sense in allowing that which is powering that single blade of grass to move aside half a ton of soil to power you. When you step into the place of trusting that which is greater than your limited view of 
where your life is going, then something extraordinary not only can, but will happen. Now sometimes people think that when they, as it were, consciously apply themselves to this, when they um, establish a what's called a conscious bodhicitta or a vow to, as it were, um, foster this impulse of awakening. Sometimes people feel that life should then be given them as a sort of a game plan, that there's a kind of a single vision of how life is going to unfold and it's all clear. It doesn't work that way. Every single genuine step is a step into the unknown, is a step into the new, because your aliveness, your awakeness, is found within the new. As your awareness opens, you find that you are a new being in a new world every single moment, and you can fully enjoy this rebirth, if you like, every single moment. And every single moment, that impulse for awakening has a new dimension revealing itself. So we don't get a sort of a, uh, a cosmic game plan downloaded into us. It's much more beautiful than that. It's more like an unfolding of a beautiful piece of music. And your life becomes the dance that it genuinely is when you allow this music to work through you and work over you. And very often in the walking of the dance, in the stepping of the dance, we feel that we're not as graceful as we might be. We fall over a lot. We, we get scared. We avoid things that we sense are actually important. But the important thing is we just keep going. We just do our best, step by step. And gradually, we go through a process of learning to trust the process itself. We never end up with something to hold on to. I've often mentioned I absolutely love the English legal term, no visible means of support. That's exactly how it is. We never end up with another means of support. But we learn to trust that we don't need any visible means of support because we have the mightiest invisible means of support. The whole universe can, as it were, live your life. Sometimes people worry in this kind of surrendering process that they're going to somehow lose themselves or become a robot or a zombie or something like this. Truth be told, there's far too many Zen people wondering about who are rather robotic. Um, but that's not the point at all. And in my experience, the people who trust this most fully are the people who are most vividly alive and awake. 
And uh, the difference, perhaps, is that they don't have to, as it were, if you like, uh, um, stake their well-being on any particular place. They can just live. And as we do this, as we step out into greater awakeness, greater aliveness, moment by moment, day by day, then what we find is a pattern. The pattern appears through the rear-view mirror. Often, moment by moment, all we can see is the next move, and the next move, and then the next move. But looking backwards over the months, over the years, the pattern emerges. Your individual life finds its value as it joins with this universal life, this awakening life, this impulse for awakening. Sometimes it's called in Zen this life of Buddha. As you allow this life of Buddha to begin to germinate within you, then that force that causes the grass to sprout can also bring you into full flowering. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our work with a donation. Visit zenways.org for more information. You'll also find free guided Zen meditation recordings in the main languages of the world on the Zenways Guided Meditation podcast. Search iTunes to find it.